The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, we have been talking over the last couple of weeks, understandably, on this show and elsewhere, conversations have been had about uh, crime and antisocial behaviour in Dublin city centre more than anywhere else this after the attack on that American tourist. And the government announced that they were making 10 million euro available for additional policing in Dublin to increase safety in the city, they said. Well, community worker James O'Toole is with me now. James, you're very welcome to the programme. Will more Gardaí on the street solve the problem? I don't think it will. And I mean, I can understand, obviously, you know, uh, why people, you know, want measures that make them feel safe. But I think there's a difference between kind of cosmetic measures that make people feel safe or give people the appearance of safety and actually looking at the underlying causes. Uh, And I think if you look at the particular communities where antisocial behaviour is most prevalent, I don't think it's a coincidence that they're also the communities where there's the most concentrated poverty. And that's not to say that everyone that grows up in poverty goes out and lashes out and, you know, attacks people because that that's ridiculous. Mm. But at the same time, there is a direct correlation between the trauma of poverty, the kind of shame people feel when they live uh, in poverty. You know, they kind of, they lose a sense of self-worth. And I mean, you can see this. I, I grew up in Fatima Mansions Flats and I could see from looking at my grandparents' generation in the 50s where everyone was working post-war boom you know, there was a real sense of a tight community. And then in the 70s, when we had, you know, recession after recession through the 70s and 80s, you could see then that it was when people lost their sense of dignity and their sense of pride in themselves that, like, uh, alcoholism, drug abuse uh, increased, not in every family, but in a minority of families who couldn't take the pressure. And then, obviously, people started wheeling and dealing to try and make money and then slowly but surely, you know, you get a, a growing concentration of antisocial crimes, uh, muggings to feed drug habits. You know, I remember in the 80s in Fatima, uh, you know, in the mid 80s, that there was, a, there was a point where you could really see the kind of heroin come in. And it was on the back of, you know, the Irish economy was described as falling off a cliff in 1977. And so, you know, a lot of people were unemployed. I was lucky that my dad... Uh, went and signed himself into the army for 21 years because he was like, Jesus, you know, I can't get a job. Mm. I better go look after me kids. So he signed himself into the army. But not everybody, you know, uh, would think of that as an option or was able to just, you know, find something that would guarantee them uh, an income for for year after year. And I think that that stability makes a big difference. Because if you look at the families where, you know, you see a kid arrested for doing something terrible. And again, you know, my grandmother was mugged. So I'm in no way justifying. Explaining things doesn't mean you justify it, if you know what I mean. Like if I said uh, the rain has certain causes, it doesn't mean I welcome the rain. So just as much as if I'm saying that antisocial behaviour has causes, it doesn't mean that you justify the behaviour, if you know what I mean. You're just trying to explain it. But yeah, my grandmother was mugged and... Uh, I thought for a long time after she was moved, you know, I went to see her in James's hospital and her face was beaten to a pulp. You know, it was really hard to, to see that, you know, your own grandmother. Uh, and she wouldn't hand over her handbag because she was that old working class stock that, you know, would just yeah. be like, oh, I'm not giving you me bag, you know, those kind of L ones, you know, the tough L ones with the John Player Blue hanging out with the milk and the kind of, you know, the <laughs> yeah. tough inner city attitude. But uh, I was like, well, the guy who mugged her, like it turned out, he, he, he mugged her to feed a drug habit. So surely then that should open up a conversation, not about whether or not he's feral youth or whether, you know, whether or not bad people produce bad people or is it just his parents or, you know, it should actually provoke a conversation about why did drugs 
flood into certain areas at a certain point in time on the back of certain economic situations? Uh, why did crime rise on the back of the drug trade? Why, why are kids attracted to drug gangs? Uh, and why then, once the drugs and the crime and the violence and all starts to multiply in those areas, why is it that that then... In other words, once the spiral gets gone yeah. and there's a bunch of traumatised people in an area, what you'll find is then the neighbours become traumatised because they live next door to traumatised people. And so, for that, example, like I had yeah, a lot of stability growing up in Fatima. I had a lot of stability growing up in Fatima Mansions because my dad was a soldier and he was working. But what I found is that like I'd go out to play and you'd end up in fights with kids who looked like they were half starving or whose parents were addicts and you know they weren't really getting support. And mm. I could see those kids at seven you could see in their eyes that they were kind of like, you know, they you were afraid of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're thinking, and then at 12, you know, uh, they leave, they, you know, no one makes sure that they're going to school. And then at 16, and, you know, they just get worse and then they get into drug trade and then they might do some minor violence and then it gets worse and then it gets worse. And you're thinking, Jesus, if someone had, had intervened when they were seven, we wouldn't have had the monster we ended up with when yeah. they were 19, if you know what I mean. And what, what shape should that intervention take? You know, because it's, it's, in a way, it's kind of easy to, 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 to point this out. It's, it's a lot harder than to kind of unwind what is at this stage, given, as you say, it started in the kind of 70s, intergenerational and institutional deprivation. Yes. And I, I think that that, like, what we have to understand is that uh, poverty has to be part of the conversation. And again, people go, oh, you're being a bleeding heart liberal and you're letting them off the hook. But actually, I'm not because, you know, I hate the guy that mugged me, Granny. I think, you know, he was a selfish, reprehensible individual. And she's a hardworking person who worked as a cleaner in hospitals all her life mm. and didn't want to hand over our handbag. So, of course, I don't think it's a good idea or it's good that that person did it or I'm letting them off the hook. But what I'm trying to answer is why do people become that person and how do we actually stop it rather than just calling for cosmetic uh, changes and and I think yeah I mean it, it has to be a wide approach I mean the housing crisis plays a part in it because if you look at places like Fatima Mansions where I grew up as a kid um, like it, 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 those flat complexes uh, the maintenance of those flat complexes uh, began to be neglected in the 80s and 90s mm. and there was like government policy was to try and incentivize people they gave you grants for example they'd give you five grand if you moved out of a council house uh, towards buying a house so the people who were working, uh, like my parents, uh, we eventually moved up to Crumlin when I was a teenager. Um, so they incentivized the people who uh, had a bit more stability and maybe a bit more income and, and a wage coming in to yeah. leave the areas. And then the areas became even more concentrated pools of poverty. So I think, yeah, one of the problems the government has is that the economic policies that the government has pursued and successive governments have pursued for the last 20 or 30 years uh, have kind of left uh, pockets of deprivation, uh, like glaring kind of sores in our city. Yeah. Uh, and they can't really open up a wider conversation about these things without actually questioning their own role in, in producing it. And, and I think even the uh, government paper that was produced after, if you remember, there was a big conversation about Cherry Orchard a few months ago uh, last year after the um, Garda car was rammed yes. by a bunch of joyriding kids. And the government's own report, because I read the report, because, you know, as a community worker, I'm very interested in, you know, explanations as to why this is going on and yeah. questioning these things. And uh, the government's own report said uh, deprivation is the biggest driver 
they, they, the, the sentence says deprivation is the biggest driver of antisocial behaviour. So, um, as you said, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's, no, report, there's yeah. no, there's no, there's yeah, there's no quick answer. And if we don't address that deprivation and the intergenerational trauma, then um, then we're just going to be back here in 15 years gone. Jesus, will we get another 10 million for, you know, more police? You yeah. know, it, it, we're just going to be in an endless cycle well, of some horrible thing happens and some poor person gets beaten up like that well, poor this, American tourist. You know, it's yeah. terrible what happened to him, you know. This guard uh, and then there's listening a, is, is an absolute agreement, sorry. which as a serving guard, James, I can say that you need to invest in services and policing. A lot of these communities we work in have huge issues with addiction and mental health and if the only response is to send more of us onto the street, I don't know how that is a good approach. Uh, so listen, thank you for the text. And James, thank you uh, for your time. Really interesting. Uh, James O'Toole, a community uh, worker. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.